This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. series for the rest of this month called, you know, Operation of the Kingdom of God or How the Kingdom of God Operates. And today we're just going to introduce it about, <clears throat> pardon me, about the Kingdom of God. What is the Kingdom of God? You know, we sometimes we, we use a phrase or we, we, we say a word or something, you know, sometimes in church and it's kind of like there's a puzzled look on our people's face and all. So we want to talk about what the Kingdom of God is but uh, and, and introduce it today talking about that. Because this is where God's called us to live. We live in and from the resources of the kingdom of God. And when we don't know this, or if we forget this, then we fall back and we begin to live on a lower plane. And, you know, and just trying to, in our own energy and in our own ability and our own power, try to deal with all the issues of life and all the things the enemy puts, at, uh, puts toward us, brings toward us. And God wants us to not only be strong in the power of His might. We talked about that with the armor of God. See, that's part of the kingdom. See, you can't, you, that's not natural armor. We don't all have a, you know, God's armor in my closet at home. It's in, it's, it's in the kingdom of God that we access all the resources that God has supplied for us. So I want to talk about a little bit, what is the kingdom of God? It is the rule and the reign of God. So wherever we see the rule and reign of God, Jesus said, there's the kingdom. You just saw the kingdom. Now remember, he said this, he said, the kingdom of God doesn't come like the weather does, where you look at the weather and, okay, there's a wind coming, there's a cloud coming. He said it doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God has to be revealed to us. We'll talk about that. Remember, Jesus uh, had a visitor one night by the name of Nicodemus. He was a great theologian of his day. And yet, when Jesus began to talk to him about things of the kingdom, he was just right over his head. And, you know, there's been times when you know, I begin to read things in the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit begins to pour out things, and at first it might go, whoosh. you ever had that happen to you? It just goes right over your head. So we want to talk about that today, the rule and the reign of God. You know, I want to refer to a Scripture here in Colossians 1, the rule and reign of God, and it encompasses, now get this, the authority of God over all things, and it encompasses heaven, earth, angels, Men, demons, devils, hell, and of course, the church. So the kingdom of God is all-inclusive. So sometimes we talk about the church, and, and we may get the idea that the church is one thing and the kingdom is, not, is another, but listen, the church is a part of the kingdom because it's, it is under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. Isn't that true? Thank you. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to read Scripture here. Verse 16, it says, For by Him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Many things we will, that, that have to do with the kingdom of God and living in the kingdom of God have to do with the invisible. Are you listening? Because the Scripture says, We walk by faith, 
and not by, well, what we see is in the visible world, isn't it? But when we walk by faith, that's in the invisible world. But if we've learned anything, haven't we learned this? I mean, in our modern era, that a lot of things that, you know, people 200 years ago had no idea it even existed because it was invisible. Nevertheless, it was here all along, wasn't it? You talked to somebody a couple of hundred years ago about microbes or bacteria or viruses. They would like, I don't see them. Well, it didn't mean that they weren't here and that they weren't having an effect in their lives and in their world. And so the invisible of the kingdom of God, even though we can't see it, you can't measure it with a microscope or something like that, nevertheless, it is real. And the Bible tells us that Jesus himself was the creator of them. Whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So the kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. That includes all things, including the church. Because he's the head of the church. So God, as creator, also has authority and rule over his kingdom. Now, you and I, as believers, we have been taken out of one kingdom, the scripture says, and been placed into another kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his son. And listen, everybody is living under the rule and the reign of one of those two kingdoms. There's not God, the devil, and then there's you. Well, I'm independent. I'm not taking sides. No. The Bible says that this world system, the world system, is under the control of the kingdom of darkness. You wonder why there's such a mess with politics and economics and in all of our different systems? Guess what? It's because of who is under, the, who is over and controlling and influencing behind the scenes all their decision making. Are you listening? You know, if, if you're familiar with the book of Daniel, you know when Daniel was praying and seeking God, and finally, the angel Gabriel appeared to him, and he said, David, from the first day you prayed, your prayer was heard, and God sent the answer, but, what? He said, I was delayed, I was hindered by the prince of, of, of Persia, the prince or the ruler of Persia. Well, we know that no natural man, he couldn't be talking about a natural man, because a natural man couldn't hold back an angel. Isn't that right? We read in Isaiah, one angel killed 175,000 armed men in one night. So he was talking about what? A kingdom of darkness that was ruling behind the scenes. You know, you hear a lot of talking about shadow government and the, you know, and the, the shadow internet and all that. Well, I got news for you. They're, they're right on because there is a shadow government kingdom that is endeavoring to influence you and I the government, our nation, and our institutions, and we need to recognize that. But I don't want to dwell on the negative. I want to dwell on the positive for us because what? The kingdom of God is greater. Isn't that true? So wherever the authority and the rule of God is in operation, the kingdom is present. Do you know this morning when we worship, you know what? The kingdom of God was here. 
The kingdom of God was being expressed. Because what? That's, that's part of the kingdom is worship. And if you read in Revelations, throughout all eternity, the kingdom of God is going to rule and reign. You know what's going to be happening at, at, all, at times? There's going to be worship. That's, going to be, that's a part of the kingdom. Faith is a part of the kingdom. Love is a part of the kingdom. We're going to, we'll talk about the, the characteristics of the kingdom and the, the chief pillars and principles of the kingdom that God has there. Because we're to, rule, to, to live our lives, what, under the rule and reign and authority of God's kingdom. Now, here's the thing. If we don't do that, there's only one other choice. Well, not me. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah, right. You know, nobody's had a new thought since creation. Isn't that right? Somebody has thought that way before. Isn't that true? Sure it is. Sure it is. We're talking about here salvation, healing, deliverance, miracles, provision. All of these things of, the, of this natural life and our, of our spiritual life is encompassed and is to be under the rule of the kingdom of God. And most, I may suggest, that most of our problems, and I'm being generous, they're really all of our problems come when we do not live in the kingdom. When I worry, guess what? I just, not, I just stepped out of living under the kingdom because the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's joy, and it's peace in the Holy Spirit. See, that's, 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 if, you're, if we're living under the rule and reign of the, the kingdom of God, I, you know what? I know that what I'm in right standing with God because of what Jesus did. I have peace with God because of what Jesus did. And I'm filled with joy because of the indwelling Spirit of God. And I'm, as the Bible says in one place, in Him we live and move and have our being. That's the kingdom living. And you know, just like, the, uh, you know, you ever flown in an airplane? Anybody ever flown in an airplane? You know that... You know, when you fly in that airplane, at that moment, you're doing something that is not natural. Are you listening? You ever seen one of those, you know, when you're getting on those, you ever looked at one of those big old jets up close? One of those 777s? I mean, man, I mean, what do they carry? Half a million gallons of, uh, of gas or fuel and then all that weight and all those people and the weight of the plane itself how in the world did that thing get up man but see what happens is is those who uh, understand the law of aerodynamics they understand that when they put certain principles into motion through the thrust of that plane, through the shape of the plane, and they know, you know, uh, high and low pressures, you know, because the, the air passing over the wing, is, you know, is going at a certain speed, and the, 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 the air underneath the wing wants to catch up to it, and so that's what provides lift. So you've got lift and thrust, and you've got those things going on, and when those laws are being applied, it supersedes the law of gravity. If you don't believe it, let them turn those engines off. 
It's going down, down, down. Isn't that right? Because it's not natural for something that big to just move through the air. And see, it's the same thing. We're in this world, the Scripture says, but we're not of this world. And so when we, when we live in this world, there are things that we're subject to just like everybody else. Isn't that right? How many of you had to brush your teeth today? I know that's mundane, but that's, that's, isn't that right? But when it comes to living in the kingdom, God says that we can live in the kingdom in such a way that we can supersede the kingdom rule of Satan in this world. This is what the Scriptures talk about all the time. Paul writing to the Philippians, he said, this is true even with your economics. He said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to Wall Street. According to the Consumer Price Index. According to the stock prices. No, he said, my God shall supply all your needs according what? To his riches in glory are in the kingdom by Christ Jesus. So it's important that we understand this kingdom because we're called to be a part of it and to live according to the kingdom of God. This is what made Jesus. Now, of course, he was the unique son of God. We understand that. We're not belittling that. But what made him in his day so unusual was that he lived in the kingdom of God. The Bible says wherever he went, he taught and he preached the kingdom of God, and he demonstrated the kingdom of God. So with his words and with his works, he revealed the kingdom of God. And now you and I have been called to do the same thing. Isn't that right? Because Jesus put it this way. He said, the works that I do, he said, I want you to do them also. And if that wasn't, that's pretty strong. But then he went on and he said, and even greater works than these. Now, people say, well, what are the greater works? I said, well, I'm still working on the works. (laughs) You know, B follows A. I'm still working on A here. But that's what he said, isn't it? And it's all about his kingdom. It's not because we're, we're, we're some super spiritual this or super spiritual that. It's that we learn to operate in the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? You know, whoever gets on that airplane can enjoy the benefits of the laws of aerodynamics as they're applied to that plane. doesn't matter whether you're young, you're old, you're white, you're black, you're Asian, you're Caucasian. It doesn't matter. The, the, law, the plane don't care. It don't care. It doesn't care one bit about that. Whether you got a lot of money or a little money or no money, it'll still work. And he says if we will learn to live... In the kingdom, how the kingdom operates, and make a decision that we're going to live in the kingdom, then you know what? It'll work for you, same as anybody. This is good teaching. Look in Luke 11. Well, I have to encourage myself. I'm not bragging, I'm just encouraging myself. Luke 11, listen to this. Jesus, you know, he had just 
drove a demon out from somebody that was oppressed by a demon. And, you know, and, of course, all the religious people said, well, you did that by the power of the devil. You know. You know how it is. Anything, you know, and, and you know, really what this tells me is that we have lived so beneath our privileges in the kingdom of God that when somebody comes along and is doing it, we think something's weird. I mean, Jesus casting out a devil. Now, that's weird. We don't do that. That's what the Pharisees say. That, that must be the devil. Because if it was God, you know, we'd have it. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't know about everything there is to know about God. How about you? I'm still learning. After 41 years, I'm still learning. And if the Lord tears, I'll continue to learn. Amen? But Jesus told them, He said, verse 20, But if I drive out demons by the, by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. So he said, him driving out this demon from a person who was oppressed by it, he said, that's a demonstration of the rule and reign of the kingdom of God. Are you listening? And that is something that God is still doing through his church and through his people. The devil is still around. At Calvary, Jesus broke His power, His authority to dominate men. But until we enter the kingdom of God by faith in Jesus, we still can live in a way that we're subject to Him. And people need to be set free, don't they? Sure. Various levels. Some people are oppressed. You ever been about people who are oppressed in their mind, in their emotions? You know, and the natural, we want to medicate them. And thank God that that helps some people. But God's got a better solution. Let the kingdom of God come upon them and let them be set free. That's what God's called you and I to do. Wherever we go, we are to take the presence and the rule and authority of the kingdom of God with us. Didn't Jesus say in uh, His great commandment, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Didn't He say to do that? And whoever believes what will be saved? And didn't He also say, He said, in my name? That's the key to the kingdom, isn't it? The key to authority. The Bible says we're ambassadors. Well, you can't be an ambassador unless you're representing a nation. A sovereign nation. Isn't that true? You know, we, we have ambassadors to, to, to various nations in the world. You know what they do? They represent the United States. And they represent the one who sent them. They don't, you know, every ambassador is not making up their own policies. Well, I think, you know, this is what we're saying. And this is what we're saying. Well, this is how we are. No, they all, what, have a specific uh, policy, if you will, that they are representing from the sovereign country that sent them. Isn't that right? 
So as Christians, we don't, we don't decide whether or not God is still doing this or God wants us to do that. Is God still saving or is God still healing or is God still driving out devils? It's not up to me or to you to decide whether or not God's still doing it. We have to represent as ambassadors the kingdom that has sent us. Look, you're right there in Luke. Look in Luke 8, 1, real quickly. After this, verse 1, Jesus traveled about from one town and one village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. What did Jesus do? It says he proclaimed the good news. Well, we know gospel. The word gospel means what? Good news, doesn't it? So we could say it this way. He went around proclaiming the gospel. Well, what have we been called as a church to do? Proclaim the gospel. The gospel of what? Of the good news of the kingdom. Thank God for salvation. Man, I'm glad I'm saved. Aren't you glad you're saved? I'm glad that Jesus took my sins. But I, you know what? I'm also glad for all the other benefits in the kingdom. I'm glad for peace. I'm glad for joy. I'm glad for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm glad for the provision of God. I'm glad that He's given me authority over all the works of the devil. I don't have to just be subject to the devil harassing my mind or my family or my finances or whatever it might be. I can live by the power of the kingdom. This is what God has called us to do, church. And listen, it will work for anybody, anywhere. Are you listening? Just like anybody that gets on that plane, those laws are put into motion, guess what? It works. It works. Doesn't care about your background. Doesn't care about your, your ethnicity. Doesn't care about any of that. God, that's one of the Bible says, God is no respecter of persons. We're all invited into His kingdom. When we come into that kingdom, all the kingdom rights and benefits are ours, and all the responsibilities of living in that kingdom are also ours. Isn't that true? Sure, it's true. Look down in verse 10, same chapter. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Now, he was speaking to the twelve here, but now that same knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God is available to every child of God. Every child of God. Every child of God. Uh, look over, if you will, turn over to 1 Corinthians real quickly. 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 2. Wisdom of the kingdom leads us into our higher dimension of life. You know, <clears throat> one of the ways, you know, whether it's sociologists or e economists and so forth, they look at various nations and, you know, and when they're, they're ranking the nations and all, one of the things they look at, you know, is the standard of living, you know, whether it's economics, uh, governmental stability, uh, uh, education institutions, and so on down there. I look on all of those things. And, you know, uh, the standard of living can vary from one nation to another. Man, I, you know, if, if you ever traveled abroad to some of these nations, 
you know what a stark contrast it can get. You get on a plane leaving the United States, leaving America, and I mean where there's a great high standard of living, and you sit down in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Wow. You know, we talk about culture shock. Bang. Or some, it could be some other place. I, now, I've been there. I mean, you talk about culture shock. I mean, you fly from Miami to Haiti in an hour, hour and a half. You know, you can get there quicker than you can drive across the state of Alabama. And you get there and you leave that affluent airport in Miami and you get there and bang, it hits you. And the same thing is true with us. If we will gain the insight of the wisdom of the kingdom of God, and it's right here in this book called the B-I-B-L-E, and we've been given the Holy Spirit to teach us, isn't that true? If we will learn to live in the wisdom of the kingdom, you know what you can do? You can raise your standard of living. I don't have to live in fear. I can live in peace. I don't have to live in sickness. I can live in health. I don't have to let worry dominate me. I can live in faith. I don't have to let bitterness and unforgiveness pollute my life. I can live in forgiveness. You know, you raise, when we, when we live in the kingdom of God, we raise our standard of living. 1 Corinthians 2. You found that? <clears throat> I'm going to pick up in verse 7. He says, We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, sometimes we stop right there. But we shouldn't because the thought's not through yet. But, because you know Paul didn't write this in chapter and verse. How many of you know that? He wrote a letter. Man divided it into chapter and verse for ease of reference. But it was just a letter. Isn't that right? He wrote a letter to him. He said, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Wow. The deep thing. So we can know what Jesus said. It's given unto you to know the wisdom, the secret wisdom of the kingdom of God. You and I, as believers, as Christians, as children of God, we can know and understand how to live in the kingdom of God. And not only to enjoy its benefits for ourselves, but to bring those benefits to bear into the lives of other people. Now, isn't that what we do when we, we preach that, you know, that Jesus came? He died for your sins. Whoever believes on Him in his heart will confess Him with his mouth. They'll be saved. Aren't we, by that message, aren't we bringing the kingdom of God to that person? Sure we are. And if I, if I say, as Paul did, it says that there was a man who heard Paul preaching the gospel. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed and said, stand up on your feet. 
and the man stood up and was made whole. Well, isn't that bringing the benefit of the gospel to them? People who are oppressed in their minds with fear, self-loathing, all of those things that the enemy will pile on them. We bring them the news of peace and deliverance. Aren't we bringing the kingdom of God to them? And see, this is what God's called us to do. But if I'm not living in the kingdom, I can't demonstrate the kingdom. Because here's the problem. Our words and our works must be in agreement. Isn't that what James taught us? He said, he said there can't be salt water and fresh water coming out of the same source. Isn't that right? He said, you can't be speaking life and death out of your mouth and expect to get anything, any good results in that. That would be like me planting a seed and the next day, digging it up. The next day, I plant the seed. The next day, I dig it up. Would you be surprised if I never got a harvest, if I, if I told you that's what I was doing? But yet, we live in the kingdom part of the time. The next time we get over here in the natural... Then we get back in the kingdom, then we get back in and we wonder why. You know, it's amazing to me that, you know, that from my perspective, that we're enjoying as much of the benefit of the kingdom as we are. It just shows you how powerful the kingdom is. But how much better would it be if we learned to live in that kingdom all the time? Wouldn't that be amazing? The Bible calls it this way. He said, if you'll walk in the Spirit, You'll live in the kingdom. Isn't that right? We walk in the Spirit. Walk by faith. Walk by love. Walk by righteousness. Walk by peace. Walk by joy. All the things of the kingdom. He said you'll enjoy the benefits. And not only that, you'll be in a position to what? To bring the benefits to others that don't know. Jesus declared the kingdom of God, and you know over there in his dissertation, we won't read it, everybody probably knows it, Matthew 6, chapter 6 there, he begins talking about the kingdom of God. He begins to talk about first about those who are unbelievers, and he says they're busy, uh, you know, trying to make a living, you know, pay the bills, get some clothes, get some food, pay for a house. All of that stuff. Remember that? Where he's talked about that all day? He said, and he told, he told his followers, he said, don't you be like them. But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be what? Added. When I live in the kingdom, you know what? It adds things to my life. What is it at? Well, all the things Jesus just talked about. Clothes to wear, food to eat, and a place to live. What is everybody worried about? That they won't have food to eat, a place to live, and clothes to wear. <laughs> isn't that, I mean, in a nutshell, isn't that right? In other words, what if I lose my job? What if I can't pay my bills? What, you know, all that. Kind of, he said, don't worry about that. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, he said, all of that's going to come with it. I double-dog dare you to believe it. <laughs> Jesus, when we read here about Paul, and Jesus said it too, he said that it, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals 
the hidden kingdom. The kingdom of God is invisible, but that doesn't make it any less real. The Holy Spirit has come. God has given us His Word, the Bible, so that what? What is invisible, we can understand by faith, and we can access it, and we can live in it. I don't know that I understand everything about electricity, but I sure enjoy it every day. Amen? Man, I can hit that thermostat when it gets hot. Cut it on cool. Yeah. It starts getting dark. I can flip on that light switch. Man, I can see. It's all good. This is good. See, some people, oh, if I, if I just knew all the ins and outs. Listen, all you need to know is what God's revealed to us. And you'll be good. He'll be good. The hidden kingdom. Look over, if you will, in John's gospel real quickly. The hidden kingdom. The hidden kingdom. Now, I'm talking about the kingdom of God today, but I made reference to the, the kingdom of darkness the Bible talks about. Now, each kingdom is revealed by its fruit. Each kingdom has its results. Jesus said that the kingdom of Satan produces death. Now, not just physical death, but death in all its forms. And really, when you study the Scriptures, this is, this is my understanding of what the Scriptures reveal about the principle and the concept of death, and that is this. It is the separation of anything from the purpose for which it was created. That's death. When Adam was separated from God through his disobedience, what did he do? He died. Well, his body didn't fall down the minute he bit into the fruit, but he died spiritually. What does it mean to die spiritually? To be separated from fellowship and relationship with God. So Jesus said the kingdom of darkness, he said the, it's always, you can look at it, and it always produces death. Sickness is a separation of my body from health. God didn't make my body to be sick. God didn't make your body to be sick. If he did, then God's sick. Are you listening? God's not sick. You can't read anything. You can't read one time over there about Adam and Eve before the fall that they were ever sick. God wants us well in every area of our life, beginning on the inside and working out. First, the paramount, which is what? Spiritual, getting right with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. But then He wants the kingdom to begin to work outward in all the other areas of our life and even spilling over into the lives of others that we come in contact with on a daily basis. In John 3, I won't read everything. I'm gonna, you know, uh, verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. Now, this was a very learned man, very educated man. He, he understood the Scriptures of his day. 
and, and all the teachings there. He came to Jesus, you know, and he's asking Jesus about, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> about the kingdom of God and so forth. And Jesus tells him in verse 3, he said, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And Nicodemus replied, how can a man be born when he is old? See, he's thinking naturally, isn't he? He said, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Nicodemus being natural, he had a hard time struggling with this. And many people also struggle with this. But this is the entryway into the kingdom of God, is what Jesus called the new birth. You must be born of the Spirit. You must, what? Be joined together in union once again with God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I put my faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. The Bible says He bore our sins and our sicknesses, and that by His stripes we're healed. The Bible says He was pierced for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. By His stripes we're made whole. And that begins first, what? With the inward man, our spirit being made right with God. But then the kingdom of God wants to work out from there. Isn't that right? The Bible says that we can come to a place where we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our minds can be affected, so affected by the kingdom of God that the Scriptures talk about that we become transformed even in our minds. We see things differently. We think differently, both about the natural things and about the things that are not seen. But Jesus said, this is the entryway. And once we've entered in, then we've stepped through the doorway. But you know what? There are all kind of rooms in the kingdom, so to speak. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many, King James says, many mansions. It literally means there are many rooms. Many rooms. Isn't that right? We step through in the room of salvation. But you know what? There's, a, there's another part of the kingdom of God. There's another room. Healing for my body. There's another room. Peace for my mind. There's another. I can walk in where what? I can begin to exercise authority over the enemy as he tries to come against my life and my family. There's all, kind, there's all kind of aspects of the kingdom of God. And God wants us to understand them so that what? We can live in them. We can enjoy their benefits. But also what? We can take and share the benefits with others. Do you know, the majority of the people that Jesus dealt with, you know, even, even in His day under the law, most of the religious people said, they're all sinners. People that Jesus healed. The religious people thought they were sinners. They're a bunch of sinners. What are you doing hanging out with the sinners? Jesus said, those that are sick are the ones that need the physician. Isn't that right? And there's a whole world out there, Passion Church, of people who are hurting, who are broken, who are, who are, who are being 
subjugated without their knowledge to this hidden kingdom of darkness. And it's up to God's church, of which you and I are part of, to go and to, to take the kingdom of God, all that we've received and understood, and as we're living, not to just enjoy the benefits ourselves. You know, I can't just be, well, praise God, I got mine, you get yours. That's not the attitude of the kingdom, is it? And we're going to talk about that. If we live in the kingdom, we're to have the attitude of the kingdom. Jesus said, he said, I didn't come to be served. I come to be a servant. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking all the time looking about how I can benefit. You know, most of us have benefited greatly from the kingdom of God. If you're living in the kingdom, Jesus said, now take portions of that. And he said, give it away to other people. Yeah, but I don't know if they're living right. Well, were you living right when God came to you? Boy, I wasn't. Lord of mercy. They could have put my center. They could have had my picture up by it. Freely. This is, see, all of this is part of the kingdom. Freely you've received, Jesus said. Freely give. Leave, listen. Leave all, God, all the sorting and the judgment. Leave all that to God. Let Him sort all that out. That's way above our pay grade. Way above my pay grade. I just want to live in the kingdom, and I want to give away that kingdom to everybody I can. As many people as I can. That's what God's called us to do. Isn't that true? Absolutely. When we live at a higher level... People are going to see that. Why do you have peace? Why aren't you all upset about what's going on in the government or the economy or this or that or, you know, what's happening in North Korea and all? Why aren't you upset about that? Well, number one, I have peace because I'm living in the kingdom. Number two, any fears or worries that come to me because I'm a part of the kingdom, the Bible says just cast all that care and fear and worry over on God. So I just say, God's carrying all my fears. And all my worries, I'm living in His peace. Hallelujah. Didn't Jesus say that you can't even increase the hairs on your head by worrying? Boy, wish I could. He said, if you can't do that which is least... How can you do, how do you, what do you think worrying is going to do? You think worrying is going to stop an ICBM missile from, that's not going to have any effect at all, is it? Or you're going to be as churned up in your emotions. But I'll tell you, somebody who can deal with the, the, the government there and the things that are going on there, that's God, isn't it? So we cast our fears over on Him and we pray for the nation. See, I'm living, now I'm living in the kingdom and enjoying its benefits. Let me give you some action points because we've got to wind this down for today. We're, just, we're talking about the kingdom of God and the operation and living in the kingdom of God. We're going to get into this more. But I wanted you to just kind of lay a groundwork today about what the kingdom's about. So that when we make this uh, statement and we, or you read it in your scriptures about the kingdom of God, you have a little bit better understanding or at least a foundation about what Jesus is referring to, what the apostles are referring to. And when we talk about it, uh, you have a little bit better understanding. And it doesn't become something that's kind of religious. Because we're not talking about religious here. We're talking about reality. 
The kingdom of God is reality. It's the ultimate reality. And the Bible says there's going to come a day where the kingdom of God is going to completely swallow up and bring about a transformation of the natural. A new heaven and a new earth. <laughs> Woo, but the same kingdom. All right. Let me give you some action points here. Some suggestions. Because the Bible says, you know, it says faith without works is dead. Isn't that right? So I always like to give you something that you can put into practice. First of all, raise your consciousness of the kingdom of God in your thought life. Now, this is why you have the Scriptures. Get in them. Search them out. Don't just rely on what I'm going to give you, you know, 35, 40 minutes on a Sunday. That's not enough. It's important, but it needs to be more than that. Raise your consciousness about the kingdom of God. First of all, just by acknowledging to yourself, hey, I'm a part of the kingdom of God now. If you're, you're a believer, you're a Christian, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. That's where I live now. That's, God wants me to live according to the kingdom of God, not according to this natural world and this other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. I'm not going to live there anymore. I'm going to live in the kingdom. Secondly, what are some unresolved issues in your life? Unresolved issues in the life of a believer is a good indication that I'm not living as fully in the kingdom as I could be. You know, I've talked to people through the years as, 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 just as a believer and then, of course, as a pastor, you know, for, for many years, and people struggle. But, you know, I mean, you see them and you hear them talking and, and they're bitter about something that happened, you know, 30 years ago. And, and whoever did that to them may have already died and gone on to be with the Lord. And they're, they're still carrying around that bitterness in them. See, they're not living in the kingdom. See, because if they live in the kingdom, there would be a way to release that poison through forgiveness. Through the love of God and the forgiveness of God. They would release that poison which is poisoning them. It's not hurting that other person. The other person's up there with the Lord, shouting and praising God. But I'm carrying around this stuff. Whatever the area is, maybe fear is ruling your life. Whatever it is. See, you, we go back and we say, wait a minute. You know, sometimes we just need to stop and think a little. God's not against thinking. <laughs> it's all right to think and be a Christian too. That's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> and then thirdly. Search God's Word to discover how you can bring these unresolved issues under the rule and the kingdom of God. The operation or living in the kingdom of God. This is going to be our subject in our series for the rest of this month. And we're going to understand the, the, the foundation principles of the kingdom, the characteristics of the kingdom. We're going to look at these things. And all these things that we look at from the Scriptures, these are the things that are now yours as a believer. And you know, if you're here today and you're not a believer, they are also accessible by you. The Scripture says all we have to do, what, is believe in our heart, what, on the Lord Jesus Christ, that God's raised Him from the dead. 
and that we confess Him as Savior and Lord with our mouth. And Paul said, what? You shall be what? Saved. Saved. Saved from what? Saved from the judgment of sin, the penalty of sin, hell, the servitude of that other kingdom of darkness, just to name a few things. That's a good start. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.